When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. I met a girl in East L.A. In floral shorts, I as sweet as May. She sang in eights and two body chords. We fell in love, but not in Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watch Puss in Boots with my friend Ian Schrank. Ian uses he, him pronouns. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. Ian, I'm so fucking excited. I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, mm-hmm. but um, I'm writing a movie, like genuinely writing a movie movie. Um, a movie movie. A movie movie. Whoa. That I'm going to try and get made. This isn't like I'm writing like a, a fake like Minions 2 script or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, as opposed to what? And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's some shit you'd pull. <laughs> because that was something that I legitimately wanted to do at some point. I was mm-hmm. like, Minions 2 got delayed till 2021. So what if I wrote my own Minions 2? <laughs> Which is just me being an I asshole. I think I've seen that tweet. But no, I'm, I'm writing a movie about like trans shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a trans time travel story. A trans woman travels to the past to like, try and help her pre-transition self figure himself out and like get closure for her own life and things just like go awry i'm really fucking excited man i'm like at the end of the plotting phase like i'm already starting into the script and it's only been a week and you've um, taken me through it and it sounds so good yeah that's right i I gave you like the hour-long pitch yeah (laughs) we got (laughs) we're right next to a uh wall of sticky notes and this isn't even the full wall you're gonna cover the apartment yeah, I've got like index cards and sticky notes, character breakdowns and shit. Um, people are actually excited for this. Uh, I set up a Discord and it's got like 700 people in it. If people are excited to join the Discord, I'll post a link in this episode description. But mm-hmm. if you search for When I Tell You Discord, uh, you might find it. That's the name of the movie, by the way, When I Tell mm-hmm. You. No, I like it as a title. Uh, my only issue is sometimes I see you tweeted or other people and if it's not all capitalized, I just get really confused because it sounds like a part of the sentence. Right, I read, exactly. Like, when I tell you that. But it's it's been very funny like taking this process of like, I'm going to write a serious movie about trans issues and 
it's a drama with comedy elements instead of like shit posting tweets or like talking <laughs> about Puss in Boots on my podcast. <laughs> a little bit of a pivot there. I mean, it's still like the same sort of subject matter. And yeah. still, I'm sure when it's finally like put together, going to be pretty funny and stuff too. But there's yeah. like serious heart and like, I think it's really interesting. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, come you're, together. you're like one of six people who's heard the whole pitch. So. Ooh, one of six. Yeah, exclusive. I was, club. I was hoping I was like one of two or three, but it's fine. I'll take six. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight the others somehow. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about that. But you know what I'm not excited for? What is that? Talking about Puss in Boots. Well, I'm kind of excited. This is going to be fun. I'm excited because me and you are good friends and I like hanging out with you, but I'm not excited because this movie is bad. Oh, yeah. No, the watching the movie was not the exciting part about watching the movie. <laughs> it's knowing that the next day I was going to talk to you about it. That's it. Did you run out of words? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I only have a certain amount of words, honestly, that I could say a day and I'm, I'm getting there. You know, this isn't Twitter. You can use all the characters you'd like. <laughs> Use all the characters I like. Who am I? Uh, Sh- Shrek 3? Right, you guys? That movie had too many characters. Was that your take? I, I didn't listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped even the podcast version of I, Shrek the 3rd. I had a lot of takes, honestly, about Shrek the 3rd. <laughs> Shrek the 3rd. I always forget how to say it correctly. Um, Up until yesterday, I'd only seen Shrek 1 and 2, which I think is <laughs> most people in America. No, I did see Shrek the 3rd. I think at a drive-in when it came out, I might have seen all the Shrek movies at the drive-in. Yeah, I, I would say that um, the drive-in is the classic Shrek experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know if I saw any of the Shrek movies at a drive-in, but it does seem right to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, it feels like 2004 watching, watching Shrek to me. outside is yeah. an important <laughs> experience, yeah. So this movie, Puss in Boots, the movie that we watched today... Which I I feel like neither of us have much to say about it in general. It was a movie. Uh, I think my relationship with it was at first I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to sit through this. Okay. And then it it made me chuckle a few times. I'm like, oh, I'm liking this. (laughs) And then it wore it out. The little egg man. (laughs) Yes. No, I I, when he first showed up, I was like, holy shit. What is this movie about? Why are there not more memes about Puss in Boots? Honestly, Zach Galifianakis, Humpty Dumpty is so fucking horrifying to look at. (laughs) (laughs) Why was this not meme? to oblivion why is he not tiktok famous or whatever the fuck i will say that this movie as i was starting to watch it i was like hey this is pretty fun i feel like they got like the essence of puss in boots down in a way that shrek 3 and 4 really fucked up i feel like puss in boots himself in this movie has the perfect amount of like gravitas and himbo energy and also just like goofiness but he's not goofy himself he just does sort of goofy things because he's a cat yeah so like he'll like order a you know, like a leche, like really like suave and cool. And they give it to him and then he just starts like lapping it up. He's like, and that's funny. Or like him like getting thrown out a window and he lands on his feet and then he runs away, you know? Mm-hmm. And he just does cat things in this movie that are great because I like cats. Yeah. You know? I know. I saw it with you. What a film. That's honestly <laughs> the first thing that stood out to me. Uh, when they started dancing. The cat dancing sequence. You were when like, they all started oh, yes. snapping. I'm like, this reminds oh my me God. of my favorite movie. <laughs> No, I thought this is what Cats 2019 would have looked like if it wasn't scary. Like if they were all just animated cats. What, if if they looked boring? Yeah, no, I I wouldn't have liked the movie as much. But like if someone (laughs) actually stood up to Tom Hooper and said, this is a bad idea, the movie would have looked like that. And I just never thought I'd get a peek into that parallel universe. I'm glad we don't live there, but... 
I mean, this movie really takes the Shrek franchise from a place where like it started off and it was like very ugly. Like it was disgusting to look at the Shrek movies. Uh-huh. They were very off-putting and weird, weirdly animated, but like they had a very distinctive style. And so they had to stick with that style throughout the entire thing. So as animation yeah. got better, they had to be like, well, this is what the humans look like in <laughs> Shrek 1. So this is what the humans look like in Shrek 4. Mm-hmm. This sort of gave them like a soft reset. Like, yeah. it was really interesting to put the whole franchise in another area of the globe. Like, I sort yeah. of just assumed the franchise took place entirely in like Europe-esque. Yeah. And you get to like a new a new area and you're like, hey... That's new. And then as the movie goes on, nothing else is new and it, it gets very boring. But in terms of how it looks, no, I, I did write down because it struck me when they first introduced Jack and Jill, which oh, first yeah. of all, when they said Jack and Jill, I'm like, we're really at this point in fairy tales we haven't used yet. <laughs> Where's Krampus? <laughs> like, Where's fucking Jack Tinkerbell, and Jill? you know? What about like Peter Pan and he's like a three year old, but he's like 200 years old, but he's like a little toddler. That's just the villain from Boss Baby. Oh. <laughs> Bold of you to assume. I, actually, it's it's weirder that I haven't seen Boss Baby, right. considering our friendship. Yeah. When they first showed Jack, it yeah. started with a close-up of his chin and his, like, peach fuzzy hair. Uh-huh. And it looked so realistic, it was jarring. Billy Bob Thornton is <laughs> Jack. Amy Sedaris is Jill. They're... Kind of boring. They don't from really. The country. <laughs> they they argue about having kids and then in the end decide not to and instead raise a pig as their baby. That was honestly the most gripping of the plot lines. That you think conflict so? compelling for the, for the first like I think it was ten minutes before they resolved it. Like the movie wasn't halfway over and they're like, <laughs> well, "This isn't going anywhere." Let's say that they came to an agreement. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I always assumed that Jack and Jill were brother and sister in the fairy tale. I guess that I maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe it wasn't explicit. Maybe it's based on something like fucking Beowulf and there's like some Jack and Jill. fucking lore that I don't understand because I can't read old English or whatever but like wasn't what I expected from Jack and Jill they were fun I guess I think the entire idea of them comes from the first line when they're introduced it's like uh, the murderous outlaws Jack and Jill someone probably said that in the writers room they're like oh that's funny and then they're like oh we need to actually write the murderous outlaws so they did a Bonnie and Clyde but from the south yeah that gag was really good though it's like it's like Puss in Boots goes into this bandits outlaws bar you know and everybody's like making fun of him for being a cat and then he does some badass stuff and they're like oh this guy's serious mm-hmm. and they're like telling him the legend of jack and jill and this guy's like ripping off articles of clothing to reveal tattoos and he's got like jack and jill on one arm and then like some like heart on his chest you know and then he turns around and he's got like a big golden goose on his back that's like, the this scene guy's... where i thought i was gonna really like the movie <laughs> right, <laughs> that was right. the peak that that scene was like actually written by somebody who really knew what they were doing and they were like you know, this used to be in the middle, but what if we just, like, move it to the beginning? Mm-hmm. Like, what if we just, like, really put our best foot forward? Great, great job, guys. Oh, the rest of the movie, we don't have time to rewrite that. Yeah. You make it sound like they really care, and that's where I think we differ. I, <laughs> I think they do. I think that for the fifth movie in the Shrek franchise, the Puss in Boots spinoff, to be halfway decent, like... Ugh, okay animation like the character design is kind of fun there's some very fun moments here somebody clearly put a lot of love into this movie this movie was directed by chris miller mm-hmm. not chris miller from lord and miller the people that made spider-verse and clone high and 
half of Solo. Yeah. This was directed by another Chris Miller who also worked on the other Shrek movies. And the entire time, every time they would say like Chris Miller and all the behind the scenes stuff, I'd be like, holy shit. How did he make Shrek 3? Because he's actually funny and Shrek 3 is not. Turns yeah. out, different guy. <laughs> <laughs> Makes so. sense. Because when you started this, my mind went to the other Miller and I'm like, Really? But that makes sense. Yeah, you know, the guy that directed Spider-Verse also made Puss in Boots, question mark? No, <laughs> that's not what's happening. It should be better then. <laughs> it just should be better. I was annoyed that this movie has like 1.5 female characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just like standard animated bullshit, you know? It's just like, okay, we've got Salma Hayek's character who's just like, oh, she's like fights good. She's got a tragic backstory. She wants to fuck Puss in Boots. Um, it's just the girl version of Puss in Boots. Yeah, that's right. That's just right. Just like the Chipettes. <laughs> She's yeah. basically the Chipettes. Um, we've got Jill. Oh, who of course. the entire movie talks about how she doesn't want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. That's all she does. Well, I think you brought this up yesterday. I do think it passes the Bechdel test because <laughs> there is one exchange. <laughs> he- hear me out. When the girl cat jumps on Jill and Jill says, get off of me, not talking about any other male characters. Uh So I think that trumps your entire criticism because the Bechdel test is 100%. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, it it passes the Bechdel test and it's full of queer characters. So that's great. Puss in Boots and Humpty Dumpty's, just their love is eternal. I love them and their entire just like, you know, brotherly bond, but really it's it 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 felt like more of a loverly they bond. They really went for that sex scene. I thought, oh, this is gonna be some like network TV stuff. Right, but it was like right. HBO levels when they got down to it. Yeah, I did not expect Puss in Boots to be a bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I sent you that poll yesterday from Twitter. <laughs> it was like one of those like celebrity gossip sites. It's like, what's Brad Pitt's age? What's his net worth? What's his sexuality? Has he done drugs? But I found a page for Puss in Boots, the animated character, and it was like, Does Puss in Boots do drugs? And the page is like, that's inconclusive, but what do you think? And let people vote on it. So I it love was like, that they said drugs were inconclusive, but they were pretty sure about his sexuality. Yeah, they got to his sexuality and it was like 75% of the people voting said bisexual, which like, yeah, clearly. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're not we're not denying that. But the question is, wh- what were their methods? Yeah, How did they exa- get to that. Exactly. Yeah, they're clearly right. But P- Puss in Boots is a, a bratty bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But I yeah. wouldn't have guessed Humpty Dumpty as a top either. <laughs> no, which Doesn't also seem like he has. He's surprisingly agile. <laughs> he's committed. That. That's the thing. <laughs> I thought this movie was going to be just like wall to wall cat puns, but there were way more jokes about eggs. That's true. Which also, I don't know if you went through this, but I had to look up and find out that it was Zach Galifianakis voicing him. I, he sounded exactly like Patton Oswalt to me. And even after I knew it was Zach Galifianakis, I kept hearing Patton Oswalt. Kept hearing Patty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew it was Zach Galifianakis going into it. And then the second he starts talking, I'm like, oh, no, it's 2011. Of course, Zach Galifianakis is going to be all over this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, that was probably like a big win for them to get him yeah, to sign right? on to this movie right, because at in that the, time. In, in Shrek 4, the the villain Rumpelstiltskin was played by a DreamWorks animator. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> all right, oh good, good for that guy. Good for nobody else, you know? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> congratulations, I'm sure dude. he had fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he had a vibrant career as a, a fucking voice actor you after think that, that was gonna, he wasn't do, animating. 
You think he thought this was going to be a career pivot into, you know. Listen, here's the thing. I know the name Walt Dorn. I I should not know the name Walt Dorn, right? He's mm-hmm. the guy that did that, and now I know that. So, like, great. Good job, dude. Your I don't, household you know name. a lot of names most people That's don't. True. So I don't think that counts for much. <laughs> That's true. Um, I will say, Zach Galifianakis in this movie stinks to high heavens. He's fucking obnoxious, and I hate him. His character's just so stupid. Like, he's introduced. He's immediately, you know that he's a villain because he just looks like a fucking villain. He looks like a disgusting little cretinous monster, and Jack and Jill aren't interesting enough to be our antagonists. And so Like, you clearly, could tell they were, like, fake villains. Or yeah. Or, like, the secondary villains. And so clearly when they set up, like, you betrayed me back in the past, but now I want to be friends with you. And I'm, I'm like, using my soft voice to talk to you now, Puss in Boots. I'm like, hey, I get it. You're going to have a villain turn. It's not that interesting. Obviously, like, Puss in Boots is going to trust you wholeheartedly because he's a fucking idiot. Oh, there he goes. He doesn't. And then Salma Hayek tries to warn him, and she's like, it's not what you think. And Puss in Boots is like... I'm just so horny for you. I don't care what you have to say because I don't respect this women. He's so sexual. <laughs> also. And then, and then he betrays Puss in Boots and I'm like, yeah, fucking obviously. God okay, damn two it. two thoughts. One, <laughs> what's the year when all animated movies decided they're having a friend double cross you as the villain? Like, I feel like after a while that just became how you write animated kids movies. Right. And then also, I think her name is just Kitty. It's like a step away from Kitty Girl Cat. Yeah, yeah, so Kitty. <laughs> girl uh, Cat. Girl Puss or something like that. Literally is girl, girl Puss in Boots. <laughs> and like at first you don't see that it's a woman. You know, they have a mask over, over her and she looks all goth and stuff. And then Puss wants to like fight her because they just meet in like a antagonistic way. Right. And then as soon as he realizes she's a woman, he completely forgets everything he was doing before because he's horny now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the appeal of getting her, right? That's the only reason that Eggman got her was, is like, just distract him with your feline wiles. They were setting up her not having claws as and being a good pickpocket. I'm like, oh, this is going to be like play into the final showdown somehow. It didn't really. <laughs> no. It honestly and just hindered her not having here's, claws. Here's the thing that's fucking obnoxious about this movie, right? Everybody gets a tragic backstory, and some of them are 20 minutes long, and some of them are 30 seconds long, and all and of them are And that's not fucking... an exaggeration. There are long flashbacks. I am fucking shocked that Jack and Jill didn't get some tragic flashback to when they were kids, and Jack, like, fell down the hill and cracked his head, and and it was like he spent three years in a coma, and Jill stayed by his side, and they raised piggies together. Like, whatever the fuck. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. And I don't need to know, like... Here's the thing about Puss in Boots flashback, right? Mm-hmm. The movie's only 80 minutes long. It says it's 90 minutes long. 10 of those are credits. It ends it at 81 minutes in. They don't even have like a big real DreamWorks dance sequence at the end. They get out of there quickly. Yeah, not not really. They did in the middle. They had two dance sequences in the movie. So I don't think you're missing out on much. Um, I, I wanted more dancing. That was I yeah, think, that's, a saw, one that's of the fair. better parts of the movie. <laughs> so we get Baby Puss in Boots because, of course, it's 2011. It's an animated movie. You have to get a babyfied character. I thought he'd be cuter as a baby. M- me too. Reed walks in the room and I'm like, Reed, will you look at this? And Reed is like... Oh my god, he looks like a 40-year-old man. <laughs> Why does he look so fucked up? They they uh, making a kitten animated character should be so fucking easy. He looks like a little man. It's like I it's was horrible. It's he's not even cuter than Baby Grinch. Like I think that sums it up. <laughs> 
That's true. That's the level That's we're true. at. These movies are so bad at making baby characters. They're like, baby Shrek is cute, right? No, the little baby Shreks are fucking disgusting. Little baby Puss in Boots is not cute. If and you want to like, talk about babies that look 40, the Shrek babies <laughs> look like cops. I swear yeah, to God. Yeah. But he just looks They look fucking, like Ed Eisner. <laughs> <laughs> but he just looks fucking horrible. Like you see this little motherfucker and he's just like hunched over forward. And then somebody talks to him and they like give him like this long speech. And he's like. And you're like, that's cute. It's so cute that he doesn't talk and then he just like does little meows like a kitten. But he looks like a, like an old man. While we're talking about. <laughs> All the baby characters. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought baby Humpty Dumpty would cr- be creepier than he was. What I really didn't like is when they're like, hey, little boy blue, yeah, come over boy here. Blue. It's a babified <laughs> version of Paul Giamatti from Big Fat Liar. <laughs> Did you think so? I, I, thought, I thought so in the I, moment I, and I can't get it out of my head. Someone wanted to do Big Fat Liar babies. Right. I, they, they couldn't license the rights to Paul Giamatti, the character. It looked like they just took a character from Shrek 4. You know that little kid who's like, do the roar. Do oh, the roar, that's Shrek. That's the only the scene roar. I've seen of that movie. So that kid, just him blue. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it looks like they did. It's fucking insane. And the character design for the characters in this movie aren't that interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, Selma Hayek's character, who could care? She's like a sexy cat who fucking cares. Like, I'm glad fucking... they didn't go overboard with making her look sexy. There were no cat boobs in this. That's true. Yeah, there's no like jokes about her nipples or whatever i don't know i mean i don't think they would have gone that far but <laughs> i i get what you're their, saying their their romance is just like so straightforward it's this movie gave me hardcore solo vibes yes like, oh i didn't think about that it. it's, it's solo a star wars story yeah it's like oh here's this character in the future that's like a badass hard ass we're gonna see how he got so hardened but it's like we start off this movie and puss in boots is literally at the point that he's already at in trek 2 when we meet him yeah he has no arc we're never gonna see kitty soft paws or fucking egbert or whatever again we're Doesn't never gonna he, like, see these legitimately motherfuckers die he <laughs> That's so up in the air because he falls off a cliff. But you don't see him again. Yeah, you do. Mother Goose carries him away, doesn't she? Oh, maybe I stopped paying attention. Okay, Okay. I I think Mother Goose carries him away because he's like dressed up like a golden egg. And she's like, my baby. Which I was also going to say, I don't get how he's an egg and alive, but they're taking these gold eggs that are not alive. How do eggs work? Dude, it's it's so the entire universe doesn't make any goddamn sense, right? Because when you meet Puss in Boots in Trek 2, right, you look at him and you say... That's a special cat. That's a cat that wears boots, has a hat, wields a sword, and talks. And no other cat is like that cat. And then you get to this movie and all the cats talk and you're like, huh. But the cat, the people at the bar are still like, what's a cat doing at a bar? Right, exactly. He's talking. And I'm like, I've seen several talking cats so far. Right. This is not a stretch for this right. world. And it just like, it just cheapens everything, right? Because mm-hmm. Donkey is a talking donkey and that's supposed to be so special and Puss in Boots is a talking cat and that's supposed to be super special and it's like well so like do dogs talk like the mice talk also all Mm -hmm. the fucking animals talk it's Shrek so why is everybody like oh I'm gonna sell you a talking donkey that that donkey doesn't talk get out of here crazy old lady no every donkey probably fucking talks Mm -hmm. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm sorry. I'm just really focused on how this is literally solo a Star Wars story. Yeah, Since no. You've okay, said sorry, sorry. I got off track. Yeah. No, so, no. I don't mean to interrupt you, but if I look like my eyes are looking elsewhere, I'm thinking about more comparisons. I, I don't it's remember shit about solo a Star Wars story. I was just watching and I was like... This is solo a Star Wars story. It's so unnecessary. It's a fucking prequel. Him and this fucking cat are just Kira and Han Solo and the mentor character, Egbert, and fucking... He's literally... Um, he's an orphan. Wait, what's... Puss Solo. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's character. And also just the whole idea in that it kind of draws into questions how they introduce puss in the original because it's like oh he's this killer outlaw whereas in this one he's like i need to clear my name i need to them to know i'm heroic right. i'm like wait i thought it was a big stretch for us to believe that he's heroic same with like han solo right right it's supposed to be a big shock that he returns and he actually cares about other people but then you see him fighting this revolution yeah and right fighting injustice well, and you're like really <laughs> so so that's the thing is that i think puss and boots in this movie is sort of like a man of the people right he wants the people to love him he doesn't care what the law thinks. And that's sort of how he ends this movie with everybody being like, he's a hero to the people. And that was so fucking obnoxious. Like after he saves the day from something that he helped cause and everybody's like, you're a hero, puss in boots here. And then like human women want to have sex with this cat. And that was uncomfortable and not good. Um, Well, uh, that going back to his sexuality, that occurred to me earlier in the movie before they reveal girl cat he Mm -hmm. definitely like winks at this lady as he's running through a window and i'm like so he's into humans and then i remember he really liked human fiona in shrek too yeah so i'm like okay this is well established that he's into everyone and it's weird because like he's fucking these other cats and the other cats don't don't talk or do talk sometimes but not it really it's just him and kitty softpaws that talk Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't feel comfortable with Puss in Boots fucking cats of non-human intelligence. Mm-hmm. I'll just put that out there. Um, but hold but on. But all the other cats shouldn't have the same level of sentience as him because that makes him not special. So Maybe you're really they just don't know the language because 
I'm going to reference, I wish I had the number, the episode in Pokemon when they give you Meowth's backstory uh-huh. and that Meowth wanted to charm and impress another Meowth he was in love with. So he learned to speak English right. or probably Japanese. I don't Why rem- would she care? She can't speak English. Just like fucking learn how to lick your asshole better, dude. <laughs> That's everything I remember about that episode. So I can't provide <laughs> any more insight. <laughs> I was pretty proud that I remembered that at all. I just love that this movie starts with Puss in Boots getting his fuck on. Like, just like oh, yeah. Puss in Boots with a one night stand. That's incredible. And then I he like leaves and he that. steals her her owner's ring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, now this is a movie. Now yeah. this is a Shrek movie. That was a great opening. I feel like it kind of lost a lot of its essence from the other movies, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I said in Shrek 4... This movie's a lot better than Shrek 3 because they did away with all the bullshit like pop culture references and stuff. Yeah. This movie didn't have enough of that. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a really hard line to walk and I know they're trying to set themselves apart from everything else, but this movie had a couple of pop culture references, mm-hmm. mostly by Zach Galifianakis's character, and you're like, "Okay, so they just let Zach Galifianakis go off, I guess." Mm-hmm. But like they're they not thought funny. That would be enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think you're right about the Shrek franchise is always just tiptoeing that line of yeah. timelessness and pop culture e stuff. And and even when it sets itself distinctly in the early 2000s, it can be really fun when like Donkey yeah. starts like joking about like parfaits. Mm-hmm. Like that feels like a distinctly 2002 joke. I think I brought this up to my dad when I saw him and he's like, really? You liked watching Shrek 2 again? He's like, I remember thinking it was funny when we saw it, but I thought this is not going to age well because <laughs> it had so much pop culture and I'm like, I think it's funnier that it's blatantly early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Like when they yeah. have the Sir Justin Timberlake poster. I think that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, even then, the, like I think it's so funny in Shrek 2 and I don't think I would have any tolerance for it in Shrek the Third, but I'm not going to mm. rewatch that, so we'll never know. I, I mean, there's also something to be said for as time goes on, the references become less funny because they're dated. Mm-hmm. Like an outdated reference from 2011, if Puss in Boots said YOLO, that would be a lot less funny than like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever bullshit they were doing in, in Shrek one yeah but maybe that's just because of nostalgia and when i grew up and like somebody who was seven when yolo was popular would be like now that's a great joke Mm -hmm. but even then there's like a that will become dated in that people won't even get the original reference anymore like if i saw a movie from the 80s and it had some dumb joke from the 60s or i messed up the timeline like that but if it was something i never had the frame of reference for it would I'd just be completely lost. Yeah, and that like, will eventually happen. Yeah, but like you watch Back to the Future and you hear Marty McFly say like, man, this is heavy or this is that or somebody's like, what? Even though it's not the common nomenclature of the 21st century, we know what he's talking about when he says this is heavy. Yeah, but I also think that's a very specific example in that the movie directly plays with that. That's true. That everyone from the 50s doesn't know what he means and then he only sort of gets what people from the 50s mean he, and he, so you can watch it in 20 years yeah not living in any decade and you'll still sort of get <laughs> it was it. only timely in 1985 by 1990 people were like all right marty mcfly <laughs> <laughs> it was okay, probably God. as soon as the movie became popular everyone's like we're gonna stop saying 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, the most obnoxious, like, reference in this movie was when, like, Humpty Dumpty was like, yeah, we're the bean club, you know, we're looking for magic beans. Rule number one, you don't ever talk about bean club. Rule number two, you don't ever talk about bean club. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fucking, I get it. Like, kids have never seen Fight Club. Adults don't want to see Fight Club referenced in fucking Puss in Boots. Like, this is for nobody and also, it sucks, so don't do it. It's yeah. so stupid. I even wrote that down. I'm like, who was that joke for? For us to complain about how stupid it is. <laughs> or they might just... I don't know how formulaic it is at this point. I wonder if they had a sticky note where it's like, oh, we haven't referenced pop culture yet. Um, they're doing Beans. What about Fight Club's a good movie? Maybe yeah. Bean Club? Yeah, I got a couple of those up in my... Um, my oh, yeah, there it is. You have script. Fight Club reference. Oh, I can't yeah. wait for that. Yeah. It's going to make so much sense. Uh, <laughs> no, one thing about Humpty Dumpty, I guess, struck me it's nostalgia and also creepiness. Like, he's creepy. Let's, there's yeah. no getting around that. Yeah, he that. sucks and he's boring. But he reminded me of this old ass Panic at the Disco music video. From their first album, not even for one of their popular songs. Dude, I've been listening to that album so much lately. Which one was it? Oh, it's uh, Build God, Then We'll Talk. That's my favorite song from that album. Have you seen I the music genuine, video? No, I have not. I'll, look at, I'll watch it later. It's but. awful. <laughs> it's about a mime. I'm so glad. <laughs> it's about a mime. It so much better. Who becomes famous for being the porno mime. He goes on stage and mimes sexual acts. Uh-huh. And it's about his rise and fall. And he falls in love. And then his wife cheats on him. That's the video. <laughs> they made that because they just let Panic at the Disco do whatever they wanted in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> and Humpty Dumpty looks like that mime. That's so funny. I would love to see fan art of somebody drawing Humpty Dumpty from Puss in Boots as the mime from the Build God Then We'll Talk music video. You hear that, Twitter? (laughs) Yeah, hit us with it. Yeah, he sucked. He was creepy to look at. He's so clearly the villain from minute one. And like, that's fine. Like, I guess that there's whatever. You're just doing misdirect for six year olds and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it. But also, it's stupid and boring, and I don't like him in the movie. Yeah. Like, the supporting characters in this movie are not great, and I get it. Like, Puss in Boots needs his own friends and everything, but it just, like, begs the question of, like, okay, so where are all these fucking people later? Like, by the time that he rolls up in Shrek 2, it's the prequel problem, right? Where, like, by the time he rolls up in Shrek 2, he's alone. He has no friends, and he's completely willing to just, like, hang out with Shrek because one person was nice to him. Mm Mm-hmm. He's hanging out with, like, riffraff scum in the villain's bar in Far, Far Away. So it's like, well, what, I think that's just where was so far from, from where he ends after being the hero of the people. Like, wow, he saved us. Right. And they make a point to be like, the police chief still doesn't like him. Mm. But it's like, he's going to the villain's bar. Right, exactly. We we, we know where he ends up, right? Because mm-hmm. when you watch he's Monsters University. Man. Yeah. You watch Monsters University and you're like, oh, the movie ends with Mike Wazowski being like, I'm okay with never being a scarer. I'll be fine. And then he starts the next movie and he's like, I'm so mad. I'm not a scarer. And you're like, well, fucking. So that movie was for nobody then. Stupid. And it ruins Monsters, Inc. Stupid. Well, the whole time I just kept thinking, because they had an extended sequence in that about like, remember, kids are toxic. You can't touch them. And I'm like, so we, okay, we're going to keep hammering this point in. And then they're all excited to work in the scare industry, which we already know is just corrupt. Horrible. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. They control the government of Monstropolis. (laughs) Fucking Rex Tillerson is awful. Also hanging out with Randall, who's like a child abducting like fucking monster. (laughs) 
and not a monster in the way they're all monsters. He's just like a legit fucking creep. Like, yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. He Anything shouldn't... that doesn't portray Randall as awful is immediately problematic. <laughs> I just, I mean, this movie's so fucking melodramatic. Like, there's so many moments of like Puss in Boots backstory, Humpty Dumpty's backstory, Kitty Softpaw's backstory. We all have tragic backstory. It's like, fuck you, dude. We didn't need a tragic backstory for Shrek in Shrek. It's like he's alone. <laughs> That's it. Tell us the story without flashing back for 20 minutes every 10 minutes. It's fucking obnoxious. I could believe if they loved the idea of making this a melodrama sort of over-the-top adventure to give it a different sort of vibe and feel. But I still agree that the 20-minute flashback was so much. (laughs) I just kept waiting for them to get to the point in that one. Here's how the Shrek franchise goes, right? They make a movie that's weird and earnest and full of pop culture references and very funny, right? The second movie, they say, okay, so people really liked that. Let's pump up the pop culture references, take down the weirdness and the earnestness a little bit, and just like make it very funny and poppy. Everybody loves Shrek 2. Great, huge movie, hit. Shrek 3, okay, great, people liked that. Let's pump up the pop culture references and all of the goofiness, take down the drama a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So they Go do that more again. a Shark Tale direction. People yeah. liked that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they do that again, everybody hates it. So then Shrek 4, they change course again. They're like, okay, great, everybody hated that. Let's make a movie that's very serious. Like, it'll be very funny. All the jokes will be funny and hit hard. Less pop culture references and more serious and heartfelt. They didn't make Shrek 5, but, like, it's a good movie. I think Shrek 4 is one of the best of the franchise. Mm -hmm. So Puss in Boots, they're like, okay, fine. Let's follow that trajectory, I guess, because we don't really care anymore. And let's make it very melodramatic and not very jokey Mm -hmm. and very straightforward in a serious animated film. But, like, it's still a Shrek movie, so it's... I don't know if they were going that serious. I just Maybe they didn't prioritize jokes as much, or they thought the mere presence of Zach Galifianakis would... Well, bring up would carry a lot of that weight. Well, that's the thing is that they think it's always going to be funny that like a cat is saying serious things or an egg is saying serious things. And it is very funny sometimes. But that weighs the first half. Yeah, yeah, that weighs you down eventually, especially when there's two cats and they both say serious things and they both fight good and they're both not funny. Mm -hmm. What are we doing here? Yeah, I think their probably biggest objective was to just launch a spinoff TV show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it seemed like they wanted a sequel to this and it didn't do well enough. And they were like, well, TV show, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I watched uh, like the first episode of that. It's horrible to look at. I'm really bad. I just I think as soon as I heard that that existed, I didn't want to watch it. So I I probably won't. It's it's such a step down. It looks worse than Shrek, the Mm -hmm. original. And it's like, how did you even possibly do this 12 years later? Like, holy shit, guys, come on. What are we doing here? Mm hmm. It's just, I don't know, the movie's not great. There's that whole sequence of the movie where, like, all of the actors just have chipmunk voices. They're, like, up in the clouds. It's fucking obnoxious. It I wasn't funny. I feel like funny. that bit happens in so many kids' movies. Like, it's always going to be funny to hear yeah. people with high voices. Right? And it's like, this is not a good bit. I hate listening to it. No one's laughing. Can we please move on? And also that it just, like, seems like it was thrown at the last minute. Like, it's not like they're doing anything different with their performance, you literally just took the audio and put it through fucking audacity. Like, yeah. it sounds fucking horrible. I will say when it started, my initial reaction is, oh, they could have gone higher. This could have been more annoying. Sure. That was what well, I legitimately thought. But that, I was still trying to like the movie at that point. That's the thing. When it started, I was kind of like, okay, this is hacky. But, like, I could see them 
making this work if the jokes are still funny. And they weren't. It would essentially just be like if during this podcast for this entire sequence that we're talking about this, I just pitched our voices up. And just <laughs> be said, so like, dumb. Yeah, I hope I'm you don't do that. I'm definitely not going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, and it would be horrible for people at home to have to listen to us with high-pitched voices for five minutes. But it's a good thing I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know? I'm, because, I'm glad you have self-control. Yeah. that would be a I cheap joke. And you're better than, than that. Boots. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely not going to do it. Don't you worry about that. I also that, think Ian. I have more integrity than Puss in Boots. And <laughs> I don't have like an example like you do, but I just feel pretty confident. In yeah, right. That, that you care more about the art that you make than the creators of Puss in Boots do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fair bet. Yeah. And actually, I do have an example of why they do not care. When the big evil goose shows up at the end. She opens her beak and she has teeth and a beak. And I think it's so awful. And it took me right back to Chicken Little. And if your animated kids movie is reminding me of Chicken Little, you fucked up. Hashtag fuck buck cluck. Yeah. Hashtag fuck buck cluck. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I Let's see. I definitely had more here. <laughs> Pussy boots, catnip for his glaucoma. That sucks. Oh, I forgot the glaucoma oh. thing. But oh, yeah catnip and a few other like visual gags i feel like were taken directly from shrek 2 and yeah. i was going to like, give them shit for recycling jokes and then i'm like how many years was it are they considering it an homage at that point uh, <laughs> yeah it's a throwback is it to them when doing had... the force see, awakens see, but that's the thing though is that like if they do something in this movie that's referencing shrek 2 a movie that hasn't happened yet then they're not referencing that movie they're setting something up if you watch the movies in order no one ever does that <laughs> nobody's ever watched the prequels before the ot i mean idiots but like yeah so I don't know. I mean, the arcs in this movie are fucking terrible. Like, I think that I talked about this before. Like, an arc in Shrek is like, you walk off screen, then you walk back on screen four seconds later, and you're like, I've changed my mind. (laughs) And so, in one scene, Humpty Dumpty is throwing Puss in Boots in prison forever. And then Puss in Boots escapes from prison, and he goes and finds Humpty Dumpty. And then, literally, it's blink and you miss it. Because one second they're arguing, and then I'm literally looking at my phone, replying to a text from somebody, and then I look up, and Humpty Dumpty is like, you're right. I will help you save the day. And I'm like, no, what just happened? I want to go back, but I'm so bored at this point. I do not have time to watch that 10 seconds again. Mm-hmm. Literally his redemption arc happens so fucking fast. And then he's dying, tragically sacrificing himself to save the day a minute and a half later. And I'm, I'm like, really disappointed Ugh. that the goose saved him because like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't that. think she does. I think that he dies. I think that he dies. And Didn't you say car- there was a scene? She carries off his body. Oh, because I missed that shot completely. So I'm like, oh, I'm waiting for Puss to turn around and be like, oh, Humpty, you're okay. And that never happened. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. They actually killed him. I right. wasn't expecting that. <laughs> the movie's just stupid. Like, all of the arcs are ridiculous. They have, like, all these, like, heartfelt moments. But the dialogue is just fucking stupid. Like, the moment where, like, Humpty Dumpty's about to sacrifice himself, his dying words are he's like, Puss, I'm not a person. I'm not a bird. I don't know what I am. Goodbye. And then he just like throws himself off a cliff and you're like, what are you even doing? What's like that that's line? so stupid. <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And it's like, okay, I get it. You're a fucking outcast. You were an orphan. Great. That's not anything at all for a character backstory because we've seen a thousand characters that are fucking orphans. Yeah. Like that's so common. That's nothing. One thing it did make me think, why did they not get Antonio Banderas to be in Cats? That would have been really fun. 
after he had his whole run as Puss in Dude, Boots if he played a cat? Zach Galifianakis is Bustopher Jones. Oh, that's that's a step my up. fucking shit, man. I would love that so much. That'd be so much. That'd be better. so much funnier than James Corden. Well, I think that's not a high bar. <laughs> Who do you think Antonio Banderas would have been? I first thought Skimbleshanks, but that's just because they're both orange. Yeah, no, he'd be. Um, and I realized that Antonio Banderas is not actually a orange cat, and yeah. you can't replace Jason Derulo. So I'm yeah. gonna say you think so. You, no, you can't replace Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah, no, I think he'd be the cat that just introduces everyone and goes, "Oh, oh Donoronomy." <laughs> that would be Antonio Banderas. What's his fucking name? I don't M- think they M- ever say Monkle his name. Strap, Monkey Strap. You could be making that up. No, that's his name. His name is Muckstrap. It sounds (laughs) right, but I don't know that it's right. Yeah. Ian, how many shot glasses full of leche would you give Puss in Boots out of five? If we're talking shots, you don't mean uh, two shots frisky, one of his nicknames? Yeah, no, I don't mean that. Did you already forget that? that? No. Okay. I didn't. What What do you mean did I already forget that? This movie's so fucking slippery, it's out of my mind. I don't remember shit about this movie That's already. That's right. I already announced that we all forgot it. Yeah, okay. I've been reading my notes this entire time. I don't remember anything about this movie for real. I'm fucking writing my own movie. So someone could, someone could have just made up the egg, put it in your notes, and <laughs> yeah. you'd believe it. <laughs> Incepted the egg into my mind. <laughs> That'd be a waste of an inception. I'd How many give leche it glasses? <laughs> two and a half. Hmm. Two. Two leche glasses. Yeah, I was between one and a half and two and a half, and it's Mm -hmm. like, how nice am I being? Who am I recommending it to? Kids, I'm still going to say two. I I would give it one, Mm -hmm. but it's not like a shot glass. It's like a a little bigger glass, but it's like half full. Uh Uh-huh. You know, like you don't want too much milk, you know? You don't want to like get all phlegmy and nasty, you know? But like you just kind of want a little milk. Yeah. Okay. No, no, whole fat, whole fat, because we're talking Puss in Boots here. Mm Mm-hmm. Puss in Boots is not down I feel for like that, he's like, a skim 2%. Guy. Mother- they say in the movie that he's a whole fat motherfucker. They literally say it in I the movie. I have no idea I how know. you remember Puss in Boots' preference Anyways. for milk, but you forgot two shots frisky. <laughs> my God. I would be a great bartender. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. It's not my takeaway. <laughs> thank you, Ian, for joining me this week on the podcast. Thanks um, for having me. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Ian Shrank on Instagram and Twitter. Great. And I'm on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. And I'm here if you need to talk. Hola, amigos. Look at your cat. Now back to me. Now back to your cat. Now back to me. Sadly, your cat is not me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You are in an adventure. Nine lifetimes in the making. What is in your paw? Holy frijoles. It is golden eggs. Does your cat have golden eggs? I didn't think so. I'm on a horse. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.